and well met, travelers, and welcome to the Kinky Tavern. Pull up a stool. What do you have to drink? Here, we're going to talk about different aspects of kink, leather, the BDSM community, relationships within it, and so much more. All opinions voiced in this podcast are just that, opinions, and they should not be taken as fact or medical advice. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. The content that we discuss will likely be explicit. Listener discretion is advised. If you want to help us improve more, you can actually sign up for our Patreon and donate to that mm-hmm. at the Kinky Tavern. Um, and you can send us questions or suggestions to any of the following. Yes. We're at the Kinky Tavern on Patreon, Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife. And that's all one word, the Kinky Tavern. We are also separately on FetLife at mdizzy, E-M-D-I-Z-Z-Y. And I am at pup underscore Merlin underscore Wrecker, R-E-K-K-R. Mm-hmm. You can also join our Discord through our link tree or through um, messaging us and we'll send you a link. We'd love to have you engage with us and help us make this the best place to learn about kink. Yeah, and you can find us also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Almost all the places. Hello, and welcome to the Kinky Tavern. I am your host, Miss Dizzy. And I'm your co-host, Pop Wrecker. And I'm your chaotic neutral, Alan. But yes, today we have a uh, a ghost with us, yes. A ghost, yeah. A ghost that goes by the name of... What was your name again? Oh, sorry. Hi, my name is Alan. (laughs) Uh, I go by they, them pronouns. (laughs) So Alan is one of our new friends... One of our new partners. Mm-hmm. I was like, friends. one of our new partners. Like we have several new partners. Yeah, they are our new partner. Yes, and we we could probably go over the story of how we met at some point during this podcast. Yeah, um, I'm down. But yeah, we're just here to talk about their experience in the community. We have been having lots of requests for getting guests on, and yes, we hear you. We want to do this, and we are actively trying. So. You arrive at the Kinky Tavern, and you see a menu. That menu you were wanting to see. Yeah. My lord. Yeah. And on it are all the kinks you could ever imagine. Well, first of all, it depends who's topping. If it's you topping, basically anything except for gross stuff. Gross to me, it's just not my kink. Um, I probably wouldn't <laughs> ask those things. That is absolutely so. true. Yes. So, probably... Pet plays number one mm-hmm. for sure. Yay! Ooh. Wax play, fire play, electric play, mm, primal for sure. Mm-hmm. Leather, boot blacking. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Would you like to open a tab? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I'll pay for it in full. It's okay. 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 I have enough uwus for us all. Excellent. So, what is your experience with the kink community? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your, just your intro, basically? Yeah, so I started in 2017 with kink stuff, but I didn't enter into the community until 2020, and the community that I found wasn't the best, but now I'm finding new community, international community, I have friends from 
all over the country now who are practicing kink and I'm just learning every single day and it's just a journey. Been involved for like five years, community for two. Awesome. Yeah. And what is it that you would say is the most misunderstood thing about either you or your kink? The most misunderstood thing about me is that first of all, I'm a nice person because I am not. I will be a dick to you. Second of all, but not you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, we have a very interesting dynamic forming. I am a brat, <laughs> very heavy, and all three of us are brats, of course. Everyone. <clears throat> but I, I am a different kind of brat. I think. I think I'm the best brat. Reviews sure. across the board. All right, I'm gonna say that positive. Ten. So ten out of ten. Um, Ten out of ten on brat life. <laughs> Bratly? Hey, the brat life chose me. I didn't choose it. <laughs> I feel that, though. The first misunderstood thing is that you're... Yeah. You're nice. Okay. Second misunderstood thing, I think, just like about my kink in general, is that I am a service bottom and also a brat. Brats can be service bottoms. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's definitely the most misunderstood one is because whenever I hit people with, like, oh, yeah, I'm a brat, and then I hit people with, but I'm also a service bottom, they're like, um, hold on, I'm going to calculate this, and it doesn't really add up. Um, I'm going to need to see your kink license, please. (laughs) So, do you have a license for that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, another thing is, like, Inherently, people who are vanilla think that pet play is bestiality. Right. It's not. Right. You know, like, yeah. it's, it's like, completely separate mm-hmm. from, like, animals. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel the same. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it's definitely not that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't tell you that for sure. First-hand experience. Absolutely. 100% consenting yes. adults, humans. Yes. I should clarify that. Humans. Yeah. Excellent. What would you say your biggest pet peeve is in the community? Old guard people. Mm. Woof. Woof. Um, <laughs> let me just preface this by saying that not all old guard people. Yeah. But from the experiences that I have had with old guard people, it seems to be a common theme to be a little bit racist, pretty homophobic, and very transphobic. And I'm, like, two of those things. And also, like, can I talk about Nazis in this? Yeah. I I mean, because I'm about to mention that I'm Jewish. Nazis is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. I I feel like that this podcast, The Kinky Tavern, can strongly stand on the side that Nazis is bad. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that is a horse I would be willing to allow this podcast to die on. So, yes, continue, please. Okay, cool. So, uh, being Jewish and kink and, like, interacting with people, um, a lot of the time when you find older people, you find a lot of Nazi fetishists. And so, they'll, like, they'll want me to do stuff that's, like, really weird in... In hindsight, it's, like, really weird. Um, and I'm just... That's not my kink. That is... No. That is definitely not my kink. Not my business what you do in your own bedroom. But as soon as you make it public, it is my problem. hmm 
And in my opinion, if you if you are interacting with someone purely to fetishize them, yeah, don't make it seem like that's not what you're doing. Make it clear that those are your intentions. Yes. There are people out there who may accept that and allow you to do that, but don't put that on someone who is unwilling to be fetishized for XYZ. In this case, yeah. they're Don't inherently culture. sexualize somebody or fetishize somebody without their consent. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that is a hill I will die on. Yep. We're finding all the horses will die on. Oh, yeah. Hills? Is, is it hills? Is it hills? Horse? Do you want to die on a horse? No. I did only I, know two pony players. Did I miss players. you the saying? <laughs> Do you really want to die on a horse? I want to die. I, you know, the two ponies that I know, I would want to die on them. Mm. Yeah. Most pony I, players, I would want to die on them. I feel like if you're involved in pet play, you're just hot. Like, that's just you. My concern is that I'm not sure I could find any pet players to, who would consent to being died upon i could list some <laughs> oh nice amazing interesting me being one of them oh. because that would be a privilege <laughs> um nice. i, I kind of want to see this uh, <laughs> i don't know i'd be interested to see okay it. listen i think that a crucifixion thing could happen and it would oh, be hell really no fun. hell Wait, no who's getting crucified I volunteer tribute. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Sorry. The Nazis in my state. <laughs> yes, those are... The overabundance mm. of Nazis in my state. For real. Like, y'all do know it's 2022, right? And, like, honestly, here's my other thing, is being a Jewish person in that community, like, I chose the absolute wrong state to be Jewish and kinky in. <laughs> it's absolutely outrageous to me because our community, every community has its faults, but our community is vehemently anti-transphobia, anti-homophobia, anti-racism, yes. anti-every... And honestly, whenever I walked into the door, I could tell that. Mm -hmm. Because... I could tell that the people that were there were very genuine because I think almost everybody came up to me, asked me my name and my pronouns, and, like, That's you know, perfect. we had a little conversation. And I didn't think that I would be able to have conversations with strangers at a dungeon. Mm -hmm. I am usually really guarded mm -hmm. at the dungeon. Like, whenever we go in Oklahoma, yeah. which we no longer do, I have a habit of only talking to people that I know and only talking to people that the people that I know have introduced me to. And I totally get that. I'm much the same mm -hmm. way sometimes. I am, yeah, I'm just really socially awkward. It's probably the autism. Mm -hmm. It's always the autism. <laughs> it's always the autism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> No, I totally get it. It almost feels like I have to be invited into someone's life to even want yes. to even talk to them. You know, otherwise that was put so well. It's work on their yes. part or effort on their part. I guess I don't know. It feels like okay. I feel like I have to be invited into somebody's life for me to feel that that was valid 
because then I know that they were actively pursuing me. Absolutely. And they were actively, like, trying to be my friend. You know, this is a great segue because it's kind of hilarious. Yeah. You want to tell them how we met? <laughs> um. So we met because we both had some things that happened and we commented on the same posts and then they liked my post and a few pictures uh because they're gay as hell i legit don't even remember (laughs) that but yeah i was probably simping pretty hard i simp for you every day babe i know it's amazing yeah thank you you're welcome it's not hard to do i appreciate that yeah um, so, uh, somebody slid into my DMs. very gay. <laughs> Someone slid into my DMs. I slid into your DMs uh-huh. to be friends because we had some like-minded things and we were into a lot of the same things. Uh, and then we friended each other on FetLife and then we ended up just talking extensively, which I wasn't prepared for. I don't know if you were, but... No, I... In fact, I don't normally check FetLife multiple times a day. Yeah. But no, I just I don't happened either. to be really bored that day and kept opening it and being like, oh, I have a message again. <coughs> oh, okay. Maybe I should keep checking it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, like, that's kind of how mine became, too, because now I do check FetLife on the daily. Because, mm-hmm. like, people from Kansas will, like, message me and stuff nice. because they've seen me at now two events mm-hmm. and... Um, they are like, oh, you're really cool. Let's be friends. Mm -hmm. And I love new friends. Definitely. (laughs) Especially ones who already know that I'm not nice. Yeah. I mean, once you get past that barrier. I mean, I think it's probably the jacket that I wear that says, hello, my name is Antifa. I think that's probably it. That's a pretty good filter. Like, it also says eat the rich on it. And of course, my devotion to Mothman. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's Super our Lord and that. Savior. It's uh, yes. it goes without saying that this olive green <laughs> jacket is a uh, hella gay. It is very gay. I believe there's at least two or three pride. There's like a trans pride and a oh, uh, I have a native pride, uh, like a native trans pride oh, one. Nice. Because by the way, guys, I'm Choctaw, uh, Hallie Toe. So, Alan, what is the most important lesson you've learned? Um, I think number one is that you're freaking cutie. Um, <laughs> you're such a simp. That's the first lesson I learned. It's amazing. I love it so much. I am. I just, like, okay, but, like, finding partners is hard for me. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. The most important lesson that I have learned is that it is important to know that whenever you're entering into the scene and you are trying to figure out what you're into, it is absolutely okay to do platonic play if that is something that you're interested in. You do not have to have a dynamic with somebody to engage in play. And I think that that is super important for, like, younger kinksters like me who are, like, first coming into the community and not really understanding how it works yet Mm -hmm. and not understanding how kink works exploring those things with people who are close to me as friends was so easy for me it was like very free-flowing and like 
I feel like that's just like a really important experience for you to have if if you're interested. Yeah. Yeah. I think finding a community that is that open and supportive is important Mm -hmm. and not with, especially you coming in brand new, like as an example, a newbie coming brand new Mm -hmm. and they immediately start poaching them. To, yes. For a relationship, that's a huge red yes. flag. Yeah. So, and I see that so often on Fat Life, honestly. Number three would probably be like, you don't have to kink shame somebody. You could literally just say, "It's not my kink." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I will do what I want. Whatever you're into is fine. You're not hurting anybody non-consensually. So, right. that I don't is the care. line. Yep. And uh, I think last would be that there's going to be a waiting period in you entering into the community and there's going to be like a waiting period before you start getting into like heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like a like a big fantasy, you know, you want to get into the heavy stuff, but you also want to be safe Mm -hmm. and like... Again, if a community is going to provide heavy play to a newbie, big red flag. Exactly. Yeah, so um, whenever you sent me the notes for this, the thing that I put is actually a really good statement about that. And it's that I do not have to have an owner or a dom to play at a dungeon or to still be a sub. Also, brats are subs if they identify in that way. Brats are valid subs. That's Mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. Lots of things that I've learned, but those are probably the main points. Definitely. Thank you. Those are awesome. So being non-binary in the community, Mm -hmm. how would you say the community interacts with you as opposed to those that are not (laughs) non-binary? So, uh, again, on the notes, it just says, LOL, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Um, so navigating the community as a non-binary person is really difficult because you have a lot of transphobic people who will not call you by your pronouns and just blatantly refuse and will absolutely tell you that to your face. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, like, could you be like more hateful? Or like absolutely, that is so disrespectful. It and... is very disrespectful, and from somebody I've met once, you know, mm-hmm. and like that's a pretty common thing, like in the non-binary community that's involved in kink. Mm-hmm. Not only that is that if you present non-androgynous, you are automatically flagged as cis. Yep, and mm-hmm. you know a lot about that. I too. sure do. That is a big thing we bonded on at the beginning, yes. actually. Is we have very similar gender identities <coughs> as opposed to the rest of the world. Yes. And we have very similar experiences within the community of attempting to identify outside of the gender binary and mm-hmm. struggling to be seen as such. I... Because I'm fucking cute in dresses, okay? Yes, you are. Yeah, go off. Go off, princess. That's all. I'm I'm <laughs> fucking cute in dresses. You are, and I love the confidence. Thank um... you. <laughs> so... Yeah, like, I'm a femme-presenting non-binary sub sometimes. There will be days where I present, like, pretty androgynous. And I think overall I present pretty masculine uh, in, like, my day-to-day. In my day-to-day, it's a lot of beanies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots beanies, of beanies. Flannel, leggings. <laughs> Shut up! 
I'm sorry. Am I outing you for your uniform? Yes. <laughs> we don't have to keep that in there. That I'm just okay. teasing. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and my dogs have rainbow strings because I wanted to make sure that everybody who encountered me knew that I was gay. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm saying a lot with the docs already and just, you know, looking in the mirror and being Alan. Um, I know I'm saying a lot with that already, but I just wanted to take it a step further, you know? Why not be extra? I mean, when asked the question, to be extra or not to be extra, why not always go with extra? This is true. And I actually thought that you were about to say, when posed with the question, what's in my pants? <laughs> should always pull out a random object from your pants and say, ha-ha, sword! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is the correct answer to the unposed question. I completely agree. Love it. Um, And, like, okay, back to the non-binary in the kink community and being femme-presenting mm-hmm. is that if I present something other than feminine, if I'm presenting, like, androgynous or masculine that day, because uh, I do have days where I'm, like, very masculine, and I want to present masculine, like, going out mm-hmm. uh, and be the lovely lord that I am, you know? But a lot of people will assume that I am, you know, like, a trans guy. And, like, nothing wrong with being a trans guy. That's just not me. Mm-hmm. And then they'll automatically just go he hims. And I just don't like how I'm always seen as something binary mm-hmm. instead of just Alan. Like, yeah. I am just Alan, and I am not a gender. I am an experience. That is the most truthiest truth I have heard all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That shit slapped. Mm-hmm. No, and I that's one thing, like I said, that we really bonded on when we first started talking mm-hmm. is... That you and I both are... So when I go to... I was once presenting as a cis female. Mm-hmm. I then identified as gender fluid. Now I'm thinking more non-binary, but also gender fluid. <clears throat> non-binary is like the default. Yeah. But I have some feminine days and some masculine days. Mm-hmm. But again, I dress femme. But that's because honestly... That's what I have in my closet. That's what I've been socialized to know is good on my body. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a lot of masculine clothes. I want to look good when I go out. So I dress cute. And, but then when people come up and say she, her, or, you know. Anything other than your identified pronouns. Yeah. I have also had people, we'll say confused is a nice word. Yeah. About um, the fact that I'm a princess and (laughs) non-binary. And, like... So, we kind of bonded with that. And it's just really frustrating. And it is really frustrating. And, you know, being somebody who really likes to wear, like, skirts, I I think that, like, a lot of people will look at me and be like, mm, woman. And I'm like, mm, yeah, mm, you're not, you're not wrong. But also, no. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't know what's in my pants, That's none of your damn business. And what's in my pants doesn't really equal, you know, what I feel inside. Mm -hmm. I've grown very comfortable with my non-binary identity now because I, like, like I told you, I'm in a work environment that, you know, appreciates me, appreciates the fact that I'm non-binary because most of the people I work with are gay. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Or some sort of the LGBT community mm-hmm. uh, or have had, you know, experiences with it. And, you know, whenever I entered into y'all's space, it was just immediate. Mm-hmm. And I have decided to surround myself with people who have that consideration for me and have that kind of love and care for me that they only see me as Alan. They don't see me as anything else. Mm-hmm. They just say, hmm, that's Alan, not, hmm, that's woman, or hmm, mm, that's man. It's like, no, that's Alan. Alan's mm-hmm. just different. They Alan's hit different. just an experience. I am an experience. You are. I, I think it. that everybody who gets to experience me um, is either, one, really, really disappointed, <laughs> or like, <laughs> two, just absolutely enamored. That tends to be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will say that now that is a spectrum just as any anything, but I would say that of the systems, that would be more binary than gender is. The <gasps> spectrum between. How dare I? I know. Binary? I know. In this economy? <laughs> Follow your bliss, but not I. <laughs> not I. That's not healing. <laughs> Do you think that talking about being ace in the community is something you want to touch on yeah i'm asexual and kinky and um i really just identify as a uh goblin Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and goblins are asexual so Mm -hmm. i'm into it yeah Mm -hmm. i mean not all goblins there are different races of goblins but i digress being ace in the community is a really complicated experience mm-hmm. um considering that like the outward view of the com- of the community is already like ah sex you know yes um even though the kink is not inherently sexual and yeah. i've had to explain this to a lot of my coworkers now mm-hmm. right <laughs> because like That's they know the i'm kinky immediate. they know yeah. exactly what i do I've, I've had to do that too so <laughs> yeah I mean, I listened to the last podcast episode. I'm not behind. So, yeah, like, I've had to explain that a lot lately, a lot, Mm -hmm. um, is that kink is not inherently sexual. I don't feel, you know, any sex stuff in a lot of headspaces that I experience. Mm -hmm. So, like, my little is really not that sexual. Right. But... You know, I like some dark age play, but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, you know, say that my little is inherently sexual. My puppy is not sexual. Same thing with the masochism. Kink can exist without sex. Mm -hmm. Sex can exist without kink. Relationships can exist without dynamic. Mm -hmm. Dynamics can exist without relationships. Yeah. It's kind of a custom package. A lot of people say it's like a buffet. You can walk Mm -hmm. in and have what you want given that they consent to it yes you always put things so well and like i think okay thank you yeah you put that really well and that just explained everything um nice and this is your interview that's one of the things that i like about you you're so eloquent buffet of consent i mean i would expect nothing less from a princess so of course yeah why, thank you. And and just as uh, kink and sex can be inclusive, or can be exclusive, 
apart from one another. Mm -hmm. They also can be inclusive. There are a lot of people who will have full-on sex during their scene in the middle of a dungeon. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But there are also some people who won't do sex with any type of kink. That Mm -hmm. is true. Or won't do sex at all because they're asexual and choose not to have any sex, don't have any sexual desires. Mm -hmm. Or any desire to have sex, I should say. And on that, like, sexuality is totally a spectrum. Definitely. And that just shows the spectrum. I know somebody who is asexual like that, Mm -hmm. and they just don't have sex at all. They Mm -hmm. don't feel that way about anybody. And that's totally fine. And they're involved in kink, too. Mm -hmm. All of their partners are platonic. And, like, that being, like, I guess one end of the spectrum, Mm -hmm. and I guess me being, like, somewhere in the middle, being like, yeah, no, like, I guess I would lean more demisexual than anything. I feel like I've heard recently that demisexual falls into the asexual... It does. It falls into the uh, asexual umbrella, so... What? I guess I didn't know that. Yeah. It does. Well, um, my other partner, Roscoe, is... He's a cute little otter. Love that man. Yes. Want to eat him up. He's so heckin' cute. But my other partner, Maxwell, he's very demisexual. And he, you know, doesn't experience any sexual desires with people that he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. I am very like, much the same way. I don't know if we've had that combo. Yeah. yeah. You know, he doesn't look at somebody and is like, mm, sex. <laughs> yeah. I can appreciate <clears throat> attraction in someone. I can be like, damn, they're hot. Or yeah. something like that. He's the same way. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm kind of that way, too, where I'm like, oh, like, we get a few conversations in. Um, you know, we're friends now. Uh, I know enough about you that I'm like, oh, okay, this person isn't completely psycho. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, yeah, I could totally, totally maybe. Definitely. So, I mean, it's definitely a big spectrum between no sex to, I mean, just being choosy with sex. Or, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just based on how you identify. And I like all sex, so. But I'm a big horn dog, so. You are. You are definitely not anywhere under the asexual umbrella. No. No. no, I'm under the demi-romantic. Yes. yes. Yes, you are. Definitely. Yeah. Sex with anything that walks, but mm-hmm. relationships. So you mentioned earlier being on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. How would you say that interacts with your kink experience? Okay. There's a lot of prep going to a dungeon. Mm-hmm. There, there was a lot of prep going to the dungeon with you, mm-hmm. like both of you, of me just like filling you in. Like mm-hmm. I wear headphones at the dungeon. Like it's a little bit too loud for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to talk to a ton of people, uh, especially people that I don't know, or especially people that you haven't introduced me to. Mm-hmm. You know, just stuff like that. And, like, what to do if I get overstimulated at an event, because that has happened, and it does happen. I have, like, a go plan <laughs> with my partner, Roscoe, and he, he like, takes care of most of the autism things at the dungeon. Um, we carry, like, a big backpack everywhere with us, and um, it's really, really weird whenever dungeons say that you can't carry bags around with you. I've never heard that one. It's totally a thing. That's weird. I have heard it. Yeah, because, like, it just... 
it feels like they're not like you can carry it to your scene but you can't just carry it around Mm -hmm. and because like there's a place for that stuff like locker room shelves whatever but like i feel like that's being very ignorant to disabled people and to uh neurodivergent people there is a lot of there are a lot of limitations on the community and i recognize that However, like as far as spaces and yes. stuff like that. However, accommodation is very poor in both policy and practice. I completely agree. I can definitely recognize somebody like trying their best Absolutely. to like be accommodating. And that includes like talking to disabled people, talking mm-hmm. to neurodivergent people. I haven't found a lot of people who have asked me about how I feel about the music in the dungeon. Like, as a neurodivergent mm-hmm. person. I've had a couple, like, at a dungeon that I go to in Oklahoma, there's a board member who came up and asked me that one day. That's honestly kind of surprising, but great. Yeah. yeah uh, well, they're one of my friends, mm-hmm. so. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I have had, like, friends that are leaders ask me that, I guess, too. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, I mean, they know me very well. Mm-hmm. They talk to me, like, pretty consistent basis, so that's they know fantastic. that that's, like, an issue for me. Uh, and so they just like directly asked me at a dungeon party one time and they actively turned it down and I was very appreciative of that Mm -hmm. because like just taking the time to ask in itself to me is like oh like okay you're not a shitty person that's cool and honestly the bar's on the floor so unfortunately yeah But yeah, I just have a go bag mm-hmm. for uh for kink events, and I usually wear my headphones around. So if you see me wearing my headphones around, do not be alarmed. <laughs> uh, I just don't like hearing anybody's voices. That was mean. <laughs> There's a cacophony of voices at times at oh, dungeons. Oh my god! Yeah, it becomes completely overwhelming. I struggle it with totally it. Totally does, especially within a scene. I would say. Uh-huh. But even just existing as someone on some type of neurodivergency spectrum is rough sometimes. Ooh, another thing is, is that a lot of people in kink think that it's really disrespectful if you don't look them in the eye. And then a lot of people think it is disrespectful if you do. Mm-hmm. That is really confusing. As a neurodivergent person um, absolutely on the spectrum, because like... I don't like doing eye contact with mostly anybody. Like, Same. I barely do it with yeah. with my partners. I've been like, socially primed to do it, and it makes me so uncomfortable when it happens. And yes. when I realize, I've realized throughout this whole session that I keep making eye contact with you. It's okay. And then I you feel bad. Okay. Just making sure, because you have, you have said that before. And I don't want... It's not okay if you do it. Really? No. It, it is. Have you not learned that this is the dynamic? Anyhow. I mean, okay, it is and it isn't. Um, again, like, what you said is that I've been, like, socially conditioned to do that, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, whenever I realize that I'm doing it, it just makes the mask fall off, and I'm like... Yep. Yep. Okay, so now let's all stare at the floor, and would you like to talk about the experience that you have had with Judaism and King? So, yeah... There's a lot of fetishizing of Jewish people, um, I've noticed in the community. The messages I have gotten mm. are, like, really weird, and, like, it definitely makes me feel very unsafe. 
which is why I don't like talk a ton about like exactly where I'm from, all that sort of thing, uh, with people I don't know too. And like, obviously that's just like having your guard up yeah. as a person who has experienced life, but um especially in the kink community i do that because i have no idea what somebody's kinks are Mm -hmm. until they tell me Mm -hmm. right and so like yeah i can and this goes back to me being autistic is that i can't always tell if somebody is fetishizing me because like i you know like context is so weird for me i don't i don't understand tone um some facial expressions are super confusing for me um and i can't actively tell if you have a nazi fetish and you know me saying that i'm jewish is gonna set something off for you and usually people who have those fetishes it's like you know they're not the best people if you know what i mean right that's kind of what i was just gonna yeah just kind of thinking is that not only is it that you can't necess- you can't read people that well as you were kind of yeah. saying it's also that people can be really fucking manipulative I, within the entire tea. world t <laughs> and unfortunately the kink community does have that there are some tea. protocols in place in some communities to prevent that mm-hmm. however i digress that is not everywhere and that is true some people that are not the best kinds of people and are going to be manipulative and fetishize your Judaism do exist. Yeah, and it's like, it's not so much fetishizing the Judaism itself, it's fetishizing the people, like the race of people. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I have a problem with, because like, I'm also like, Jewish ethnically, or is it racially ethnically? I don't know which one to say. My bad, if, if that's wrong. So I know you identify not as a furry, but as furry adjacent. Mm -hmm. Would you like to expand on that and tell listeners what that might mean? Yeah. um, So my partner is a furry and I interact a lot with the furry community and I love them to pieces. They are the best things in sliced bread and I love them. And I, I identify as like being in the community but not necessarily being a furry because again I do interact with a lot of furry people and I do interact with a lot of furs um at cons because I actively go to cons with my partner (laughs) and I really just enjoy the environment it's a very like during the day it's like a very wholesome environment and it's like just a bunch of really cool people hanging out and just you know it's just a lot of people hanging out and you know there's like stores and stuff that you can go to and there's activities through the day all of the ones in the in the day are usually uh sfw you can get really cool panels going like uh our friend oliver had a really good panel and it was really really like eye-opening in a way and it was called coming out as lgbtq because a lot of cons have like younger kids who are going we call those baby furs they're very cute i saw a few at the con uh they're very cute and they're very sweet and their parents are very sweet too there's like a really good site it's called Paw Stars, and they have such cool tails, and, like, they have different accessories that you can wear to cons if you don't necessarily like wearing a fursuit or something like mm-hmm. that. 
They have like hoodies and stuff. That's cool. Uh, that have ears on them, and they have them in like vests and all that. Mm. And uh, that's where I got my cuffs and my collar too. Nice. That's awesome. Um, yeah, my partner got me a new collar and some new cuffs, and the Paw Star people were so helpful, and they were honestly so sweet. Um, thinking about ordering a custom from them. <laughs> great company, great people. But fur cons not are sponsored. Not sponsored by <laughs> Paw Stars, but <laughs> go check them out if you want some cool fur tales. But, like, the furry community in general is just, like, really wholesome. And, like, yeah, after, like, 9 p.m., it's going to get a little weird. Because furries, they're, they're some fur- furry kinksters. <laughs> and uh, they're into a lot of really crazy shit. Uh, we love it. We love to see it. There's some cool art. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of really cool art. Mm-hmm. And, like, they sell that during the day, too. Mm-hmm. But, like... It's it's covered enough that like, you know, yeah. you can tell it's mm-hmm. fine. Um, <laughs> you can tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for a community, I love those motherfuckers. They're great, and I also like to say that they're not kink. Like furries are not kink. Uh, inherently, they are not kink, and mm-hmm. it's really weird if you say that. <laughs> Because there are children involved in the furry community, and saying that about it in general would be a false statement, clearly, because you can't be under 18 and be involved in kink. Right. So... I mean, there are, like you said, there are kinksters yes. that happen to get together that are furs. And that and is a, a commonality, mm-hmm. but that is after 9 o'clock at cons, and... Right. It is, you know... It's not the entire fur con, Sans. At the last convention, uh, we actually had, like, a couple of the admins who, like, went around and checked and made sure that there were no, like, children around. And Mm -hmm. they check your ID before you go into the rooms that would have that sort of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. they have people standing at the doors. That's great. So they're very conscious of that, that they don't want to expose children to game. Right. Obviously. And that's important with any type of thing that has crossover Mm -hmm. like that. Any type of space, any type of group, any type of event. We always keep the kids safe. Yeah. Because... Or at least that's the ideal. Yeah. That's the ideal. Because kids are cool. Yes. So you've got a we've got a big list of kinks here for you. <laughs> the next one on the list, I think, is uh, religious play, and we were having a conversation about that the other day. Shut up. <laughs> so just to be clear, it is mostly like rituals. I think rituals are cool, and I love myself a good ritual. Just whether it's in the day-to-day, or if it's in, you know, a dungeon setting, or if it's in a personal setting, I just like that repetition, Mm -hmm. I guess, and um, I guess having something that is constant. That's definitely a thing. Um, And then I definitely have a god kink, because... Yeah, I'm a simp. I'm a big simp. Stop looking at me like that. Anyway. Tangents. Um, God kink? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Because uh, I'm also a service bottom. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, I love, love that. So if you were to pick one or a few kinks that would be just you. Not just something you enjoy, but just you. 
I identify as leather personally, and that means something different to a lot of people. To me, with the history of leather <laughs> and how the community is, is that they are you know, protectors of the LGBTQ community, and I very much feel that. I try to do as much activism as I possibly can for the LGBT community, and I feel like that is a very important part of identifying as leather. It's not just a kink, it's something that you, it's a role that you decide to take on. And... That can involve kink, yes, but wearing leather and having that sort of pride with wearing your leather is something that can be done universally. It's not something that's exclusive to kink. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know that. <laughs> it should be inclusive of everyone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that, you know, if you want to identify as leather and you know the history of leather and you, you know, have done the work to learn, then you should absolutely do that if if that's something that you want to do and that's something that calls to you. Finding your family is like a big thing in the leather community. Mm-hmm. And I've seen so many people find their families that accept them for who they are, not just about their kinks, but accept them as they are for their whole person. And I just think it's really beautiful to see a community who actively tries to serve and actively tries to uh, include everyone. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think, you know, in my leather family, when I go through tough times, they're willing to meet me where I am. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they also have a lot of, they have high expectations of me. They, yeah. they are learning more and more about me each day, but they think highly of me mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they, they push me to be my best. What's one question you had wished I'd asked you? Um, how cute do you think I am? And I'd probably say on a scale of one to ten, ten. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's all. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Valid. Same both ways. Yeah. I am a simp. Die hard. Not untrue. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Really into it. <laughs> Good. What are the most important resources you would say that you have found in the community or in the kink realm that could be books podcasts social media people etc so um i have a really long list so for and i'll pod- throw it up on on the resources list if that's okay with you yes i would like to add to that absolutely so what's the safe word i know you guys mentioned it um and yes. off the cuff off the cuff is great i really enjoy their 101 yes. episodes because mm-hmm. like it that is, I listened to y'all's podcast last night <laughs> on the way here. What the Kink is a really good one. Okay. Kink History. Kink History is on TikTok. And books, an author I really like is Devin Stone. They are really good. And they are also a really cool human. And Bill Reed, uh, A to Z BDSM, is a fantastic resource if you are just now getting involved and you are wanting to know what all is out there and kind of exploring the way that, you know, you can carry out those kinks because he does put it in pretty good detail about how you could do those things. Yes. Yeah, and that honestly, that is really awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Exploring Your Kink, A Practical Guide to BDSM Play is also a really good resource. Um, and that is also by Bill Reed. And TikTok and YouTube, I am pretty active on Kink Talk. I love a lot of creators from it. Uh, Virgian Monk is a personal friend of mine. Virgian Monk is a really good resource. They talk about leather community and they talk about a lot of like basic plays too. They are a really, really good resource, especially if you're just starting out. Moxie is a really good TikToker as well. TBH, I'm a baby sub. Um, they are really amazing and they, they are just so great. <laughs> I love their videos. Uh, they are so cute, um, and they share a lot of really good info about um, entering into the community as a young kinkster. Um, TBH I'm a Baby Sub is great for beginner experience in the kink community. Evie Lupine is a great resource, especially... Yes. We watch all of them, so. She was a good resource for me starting out, too. Mm-hmm. Depraved Euro is a really good one. Rory, what's a safe word? Um, those are all really good resources, and they're all really well put together as well. Uh, it's easy to understand. They, like, take it down to the basics a mm-hmm. lot of the time. Rory is a... Uh, he does rope stuff. And he gives really good, uh, in-detail, uh, shibari tutorials. Awesome. Yes. That's right. I don't know if it's, I don't think that they do specifically shibari, but I know that they have done shibari. Yeah, I think I've seen them on YouTube before. Yeah. Nice. And now, Daddy. Yes. Without further ado. Without further ado. Would you lead us out with a Daddy joke? I can. And I most certainly will. Please. Thank I will. You. It's going to be really bad. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, I really like this show. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to laugh really hard. Okay. Well, well, here it comes. Uh, okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Cash. Cash who? I didn't know you were some kind of nut. <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs>